0: To the Build a Life After Loss podcast, uplifting support for your grief and healing journey. We're here to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence so that you can build a life of purpose and joy. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Certified Grief Coach. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 114 Creating Joy. First, I want to tell you about a message I received from a listener about the podcast or the episode that uh, I recorded about reflective journaling. They suggested the app iEvolve on iPhone. I-E-V-O-L-V. So it's little I, capital E-V-O-L-V. <laughs> anyway, wanted to pass that suggestion on to you. Uh, they said it allows them to keep all of their entries amazing app. Okay. Very cool. So sharing that with you in case that is helpful. Also a little addendum to my tire story. I got my tires fixed. I got my tires replaced after my flat that I talked about a couple weeks ago, and it felt so freeing to get back on the highway and not thinking about my flat and not be thinking about driving on a spare tire and having to keep my speed low. And, oh, it just felt so good. But then just a couple of days after I got my tires replaced, I was following someone, I was leaving my neighborhood and there just happened to be a vehicle in front of me whose back tire was flat. I mean, it wasn't all the way flat. They were driving on it, but it was super, super low, like this close to flat. And we live where we live. There's a highway going east-west, just south of us. When you leave the neighborhood, it's just right there. And then there's a highway going north-south that's just to the west of us when you leave the neighborhood. And I was worried about them getting out on the highway with this flat tire. So I was following behind them and I was flashing my lights, trying to get their attention. And they're like, who is this crazy person? I'm sure this is what they were thinking. (laughs) Who is this crazy person behind me that's flashing their lights at me? I'm not doing anything wrong, what's going on? And I couldn't get them, I couldn't get their attention. I didn't know who they were, so it wasn't like I could call them and say, hey, your your tire's flat. I didn't know who they were. They didn't know who I was. And so they didn't stop. And I felt, I, I just, I felt s- such frustration because I just wanted to be able to warn them. I just wanted to be able to say, Hey, just in case you don't already know your tire is flat, don't get out on the highway, get this fixed before you get out there. And unfortunately I wasn't able to. And sometimes. Sometimes I, I feel that way about grief. Sometimes I want to just like get up on the, on the rooftop and shout, Hey, do something about your grief. There's stuff you can do. <laughs> and, and that's how I feel sometimes. And sometimes I flash my lights and sometimes I even beat my horn a little bit. And sometimes people listen and sometimes they don't. And because you're here, You know, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to your, to your heart, to your grief, to your experience, for taking it seriously, for wanting to do something about it. I, I I commend you for that. I really do. And sometimes when I speak to you here, I speak from a place of comfort or teaching. And sometimes I come from a place of awareness and warning. But always, always from a place of love and compassion. And I'm excited about this topic today, creating joy. It's one of my favorite topics because I used to think that happiness and joy just happened. You either have it or you don't. And some lucky people just have it and some others just don't. And I used to think I was one of the unlucky ones that just didn't have it, just didn't come naturally. And that's what I used to think. And that's no longer what I think anymore. But so I want to share with you some thoughts about creating joy. In the last chapter of my book, Miracles in the Darkness, the chapter is entitled Choosing to be Happy. And this is what I wrote. It's interesting that the editor pulled this this specific line out of the book and put it on the back cover. And that line is, happiness is as present and as elusive as air. From there I wrote, I believe that it's in the process of becoming who we were always meant to be that we discover our happiness if we are paying attention and we know what to look for. I also believe that a powerful hope that healing is always available to us is critical to being happy. It is said that the three components of happiness are something to do, someone to love, and something to look forward to. Even if we have all those things, it's in the attention to the moments of joy that bring us sustained happiness. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Number one is pay attention to what brings joy, the little things, the view of the backyard, the sun coming through the windows, the bottom the bottom of my book basket. I I know that's funny, isn't it? But at the bottom, I have a a basket that sits uh, on the floor to the right of me at my desk. And at the bottom of the basket is a really pretty fabric print. (laughs) So that's why I said the bottom of my book basket those are things that bring me joy. It brings me joy to look out to the backyard, to see to see nature, to see the view that I have there. It brings me joy to see sun coming through the windows. Those are the little quiet things that bring me joy. And then there's other things that bring me joy. It brings me joy to play the piano. It brings me joy to paint. It brings me joy to be with my family, to read. Those are things that bring me joy what are the things that bring you joy? I heard a speaker say recently, and this is really, really stood out to me. They said that the things that you enjoy doing connect you to your higher self. Wow. That's something that we should be doing is connecting, which brings me to number two, do things you love to connect your heart energy Do more of what sparks joy. So the first was to pay attention. The second was to do those things that connect you, connect you to your higher self. We steal our joy by feeling guilty for indulging in activities that create joy. I actually had a friend on a call the other day say that she loves to get on her treadmill and she feels guilty about it. Now, (laughs) The rest of us on the call were like, we feel guilty if we don't get on the treadmill. <laughs> so we were, we were kind of, uh, we were smiling with her and, and her guilt for getting on the treadmill. It's the things that we enjoy that so often we mistakenly, mistakenly feel guilty about. It's important for us to drop the guilt for enjoying things because we feel like we're indulging. We feel like we're indulging ourselves. But if we think about, we're really connecting with our higher self. It's not an indulgent. It's not an indulgence. It's a need. It's a need to connect to our higher self. It's a need to connect to our heart energy. Number three is to measure the gain, not the gap. Progress is happiness as human beings, we need progress. We thrive on progress. This quote, measure the gain, not the gap is from Dan Sullivan. And he teaches this idea that a lot of times what happens is we're so busy looking forward and we're looking at an ideal situation. We're looking at, we want to get to this place where our life looks ideal where our relationships look ideal, where we're past the grief and we're living this ideal life. And sometimes we look at that and there's such a gap that we're looking at that that um, gap and we're feeling discouraged and we're feeling like we can never get there. And, and Dan, Dan Sullivan teaches that we really can't ever get there. We can never get to the ideal. The ideal vision in our head is there to help us to set goals, to look at the next step, to move forward. But the ideal is actually not ever possible. So when we're constantly in that space between where we are right now and where we want to be, boy, that's where unhappiness lies because we're just, we're just measuring ourselves against something that's not even, not even possible. He teaches that happiness lies in measuring the gain. In other words, it lies in looking back and seeing where we were and seeing the progress that we've made. What is the gain? Where were you a month ago? Where were you six months ago? Where were you a year ago? What things have you created that have helped you, that have moved you forward? What are the things that you've created in your life? What are the gains that you've experienced? I can see so many things over the last year, over the last two years, over the last three, over the last five, so many gains, but I've trained my mind to see those. And I didn't, I didn't used to look at life that way. I didn't used to look back on the progress that I'd made. I didn't know how to measure the gains. I didn't even know to look for that. I didn't even know to to look at this very moment and, and Assess where am I right now so that a month from now I can, I can say, Oh, look, this is where I was a month ago. Look at where I am now. It's really a skill that we learn to measure the gain, not the gap. It's not that we don't look forward. It's not that we don't look at the ideal. It's not that we don't have true hope for our future. It's that we don't spend all of our time comparing ourselves where we are now to where we want to be. We spend our time when we find ourselves looking forward and getting discouraged, we look back and we go, look at the gains, look at the progress I've made. If I've made this progress, I can continue to make progress. It's in the gain that we see our happiness. It's in the progress that we see happiness. If you feel like you're not making progress, which is, is so often the case when we're in grief, we feel like we're making not making progress, then we need to talk. It's totally okay if you're not making progress or you don't see your progress or you're frustrated by your progress right now, it's okay. We don't know how to do things until we're taught. And learning how to deal with grief, learning how to move through grief, learning how to rebuild our life. It's a skill. It's a skill that we learn. It's a skill that I can teach you. So don't be overly concerned. Just know that if you're in a place where you can start to see your progress, that's where you're going to find those little bits of joy. Number four is releasing what isn't yours. So, so often we spend so much time trying to create something for other people. Um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to explain this, but it's like our, our well being, we tie our well being to the well being of others. And this isn't about not caring about people. It's not about ignoring other people. It's not about not helping other people. It's that each person, each individual gets to choose their own experience. They get to choose their thoughts and their emotions and their experience. And we have influence and we have the ability to to share and inspire and to encourage but we don't have direct responsibility for their response so just like the the car maybe this is the best way to explain it just like the car that was in front of me that had the flat tire that i was trying to get their attention by flashing my lights as i followed them and they didn't pay attention i did my part i flashed my lights i tried to communicate with them They chose to keep going. Nobody's at fault. I'm not at fault for, for flashing my lights and trying to communicate and not being able to. They're not at fault for having whatever thoughts they had about like the crazy lady behind them. It's just that they got to choose how they were going to respond. And I chose how I was going to respond. So a lot of times we're carrying a lot of weight around because we feel responsible for other people's feelings and they're responsible for their feelings. This has, this has been shown to me over and over and over again in the last month, in the last six weeks. I've seen this in multiple places. And when I see a repeated pattern, I start to notice there's some truth here that we need to be paying attention to. So I share it with you as a warning. Are you holding on to responsibility for something that's not your responsibility? A couple of years ago, I, 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 Learned this concept from a friend of mine, this idea of rowing in our, um, of hoeing in our own row. So it's kind of a gardening example. So if you have rows of a garden and each person is assigned their row to hoe, it's, it's staying in our row instead of hopping over and feeling like we have to take care of the whole field. I know it's it's kind of a hard concept to grasp, but it really is so empower, empowering when we realize that we're not responsible for everybody else's emotions. And I think one of the things that, as I reflected on some of the things I wrote in my book, I saw this coming up over and over again as well. Um, One of the things that I wrote was, Here it is. Okay. So I wrote, I blamed myself for every difficulty in our life. If my husband was stressed, it was my fault. If the kids were struggling, it was my fault. That's how I viewed my world. Now, I wrote that. That was, I wrote that about that time period where things were just so hard, where I was grieving so much and things were so difficult. And I really, I felt so much guilt, so much shame. And so much responsibility for everybody else's, not only the heavy burden of carrying my own grief and pain, but I was carrying everyone else's too. And it was hard. It's hard because we really, we really aren't responsible. So it's, it's, it's like trying. Okay. This is, this is how I want to explain it. It's like me driving down the highway and I'm driving my car. And then I see somebody else in the lane next to me and I try to drive their car too. You see how impossible that is? So there's just certain things like we have influence. Yes. We have the desire and the need to serve others. Yes. By all means, that's a wonderful thing. But we're not responsible for how they respond. We're not responsible for their emotions. We're not responsible for driving their car. Anyway, that is a, a principle of joy is releasing what isn't ours. And I, th- I feel like I need to do a whole episode on that. But number five is savoring the joy. It's not just letting it happen and moving on. It's funny how we're so quick to move from the expanding feelings Expanding feelings of love and joy and happiness, and so slow to allow the restricting or the hard feelings to move through us and out, in other words, when we feel pain, when we feel anguish, we're in this place of we just we just pile on more hard feelings about it, we start to feel guilt and shame and i'm I'm totally speaking from experience guys this is Like everything I'm sharing with you is from my personal experience. It's, it's from my personal experience. It's from my, um, my personal experience as well as the, the study that I've done on these topics and understanding. But we're really, really quick to hold on to the hard emotions, the anguish, the sorrow, the fear. Boy, we've seen a lot of fear this year, haven't we? But we don't often savor the joy. It's savoring those moments. It's like getting that glimpse of the sun coming through the window and pausing for a moment and and feeling it and being grateful for it and saying, wow, look at that sun. Look at that bright sun shining through the window. So I'm looking through at that bright sun shining through the window. I'm increasing my hope and knowing that the bright sunlight can shine through the cracks in my darkness as well, bringing light, bringing hope, bringing joy. Number six is the title, create joy, noticing and savoring will allow you to know what creates joy for you. So pay attention to the moments that you notice, savor those, and then you know, these are the things that bring joy for me. So you can see more of it, and you can create more of it in your environment, in your heart, in your activities. I'm gonna share those six things with you one more time, and then I'm gonna share with you one thing to do, to start doing today to create more joy. So the first thing that we shared was pay attention to what brings joy. Number two is do things you love to connect your heart energy. Number three is measure the gain, not the gap. Number four is release what isn't yours. Number five, savor the joy Don't be too quick to move away from it. And number six, create joy by noticing and savoring and doing more of those things or noticing more of those things in your life, in your environment. So this is the one thing I'm going to invite you to do is each day, write down one thing that happened that day that you experienced that day that sparked joy one time a day, just each day, write down one thing. You can do it in the morning. You can do it in the evening. I suggest you do it in the evening, just before bed. Actually, if you do it just before bed, it's a really, really great thing to do because just before you fall asleep, like when you fall asleep, you're going into your subconscious. And so if the, whatever you feed your brain just before you go to sleep will expand during that time that you're sleeping. It will um, train your subconscious. This is what you're looking at. This is what you're looking for. So one thing at the end of the day, write down one thing that sparks joy. Train your brain. Train train your brain to look for those opportunities to feel joy. And every morning, every morning as I walk out into my family room and I see the beautiful surroundings and I'm so grateful and I feel the joy I feel the joy as I look out in the backyard and I see the beauty of the day. A lot of times I'll post these pictures on Instagram. I'll just post a picture of the view. It's because it's so, it's so beautiful to me and I'm so grateful for it. I have an affirmation for you as well. I am noticing more joy in my life today. There's an affirmation that you can, you can practice. I am noticing more joy in my life today now I'm going to give you a short little caveat here. You're never truly going to be able to feel sustained joy until you do the work of dealing with your grief. Grief is never going to feel good. It's the reason why I often talk about healing grief instead of learning to live with it. So often we're told time heals all wounds, but grief is never going to feel good. Grief is pain. Hidden pain is just as painful, if not more so than pain you show. You think you're good at hiding your pain, but you're not. If you could use some help, reach out. I'm here to help you. There's a link right here in the show notes. The show notes is the is the description of the episode that you're listening to. And you can book your free call. And I'm happy to be here for you to talk about what's happening for you right here right now. All right. You have a wonderful week. Remember, I believe in you. Love you.